Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. As always, I'm going to start with a very embarrassing story for me. Um, and good for everyone else in the room because it'll make you all feel better about yourselves and not so good about me. So that's fine. We can do that to start with. So um, we're doing a bit of a, kind of a mini-series up to Christmas to do with Emmanuel. So I started last week talking about Emmanuel and we're going to continue on with that the rest of today. But um, I um, have started watching a number of TV series, um, one of which I really, really enjoy. And people rec- recognise and kind of agree with this is Designated Survivor um, with Keith Sutherland. It's just an amazing series on Netflix. And it's not a promotion for Netflix, but Netflix is doing some very, very good um, TV series right now. Um, and I love Designated Survivor. I also love um, Gotham, which is slightly different to Designated Survivor, but it's also equally good. When I'm watching TV, um, I am watching TV. I, find, I believe it's a really good character in mind. I'm committed to what I'm doing at that point in time. Um, but if I'm watching TV... Nothing else really exists in the room. It's literally the TV is what exists. And I'm in that world right there and then. Um, which is kind of fine when you're watching things like Designated Survivor and when you're watching things like Gotham, which are kind of obviously they're kind of interesting things that should grab my attention and make me interested and engage me. It's more concerning when um, I'm watching things like uh, Bubble Guppies or Paw Patrol or Fireman Sam and those kind of things with Zachary and Levi because those things equally captivate and grab my attention um, which is slightly more worrying um, to the point that, that Susie will, will ask questions or say things and I just will genuinely, not out of any kind of ignorance or kind of like being rude but just not hear those questions or, like, or hear it in some kind of world over here but Bubble Guppies are talking right now and therefore that's where my attention is right now which is not a good character at all and it obviously gets me in quite a lot of trouble in that regard. What, what's potentially even more worrying is that Levi especially has developed this same character trait that when Levi's watching telly it's like Levi Levi and it's just nothing like it doesn't it's like nothing you don't, you don't exist at that point in time um, now obviously it's a sign of, of strong commitment it's a stri- it's a sign of kind of like being very involved in what I'm doing and obviously it's a fantastic character trait to have and you should all try and develop that trait in you definitely obviously um, but the interesting thing for me is um, that sometimes that is it that is what it is when when we talk about Emmanuel not with the TV obviously okay although I obviously believe Jesus do exactly the same as what I do um, <laughs> not the other way around at all um, but 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 that's what it is that when we talk about God 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 with us and we talk about Emmanuel that that's what he does he comes and he is not just present not just kind of in the space to kind of say look God is here but he's completely committed and engaged with the people in that space that he's completely engaged with what they're saying what they're feeling um, he, he's engaged with, with hearing what, what they've got to say and, and listening to them and, and seeing the need and being moved by the need that, that he is completely engaged that he is not as I am sometimes in the room but not really in the room um, he's not in the room and co- consumed by bubble guppies or by Paw Patrol or Fireman Sam or by Gotham, which obviously makes it look a bit cooler. Um, he's not consumed by those things, but he, he, he is taken up. He's not just present, but absent, really. He is fully present. 
he is fully there. He is fully engaged with what, what's going on. That, that we see multiple times, again, my, some of my favourite accounts, that, that the woman caught in adultery, and I've talked about this many, many times, but he is present with her, completely present with her, when she is cast down and in the dirt. He is present with her in that space, that he's completely connected to her. He's not just in the locality or looking on from a distance or kind of, yeah, I'm here, God is here, but he's kind of a bit removed from where you are right now. But no, he was fully with her, fully present. That in the same way that I sometimes lack, that, that he is completely engaged with the here and now of people. That, that God being with us is literally that, that he is with us and engaged with us. He's not with us going like, I'm with you. But he's with us and engaged with us. That he is present in those moments. And I believe, (laughs) for some of us more than others, um, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to develop in us. That Emmanuel is about God being with us, but Emmanuel is also about, um, and I don't want to tap, step on Jesus' toes because I've got a feeling he's going to talk about this in a few weeks' time, but I'll try not to. Um, but Emmanuel is also about us mirroring and being that to people. That I believe that's something that the Holy Spirit wants to work in us. Yes, he wants to work in us the, the kind of... Um, the miraculous stuff we talk about, but sometimes the miraculous stuff is the fact that we're, we're present with people. The fact that when, when we meet somebody, we're not consumed with what's going on when I get home, or that marking I've got to do, or bubble guppies, or whatever else it may be, but I'm, I, I am present with the person I'm present with. The, the, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to work, and it's definitely in me, but that thing where I'm, I'm present with you, that I'm hanging on what you say. I'm not listening to what you say and then going, this is what I'm going to say next and completely forget what you're just talking about. This is what I'm going to say next. But I'm listening to what you say. I'm responding to what you've just said. I'm asking you questions based on that. Now that doesn't happen like that. It's not like I'll decide today to be more present. It's the fact that I believe the Holy Spirit is working in it because that is an act of love. That, that Emmanuel is an act of love and it's him saying, look, I'm working in you. That same ability to be present with people in the same way that I am present with people, the same way I am present in the dirt with people, or I am present at the highest heights with people, the same way that I am engaged with people at every stage of life. The, the kind of TV zoned stuff, the social media zoned stuff, the stuff that kind of keeps us disconnected and at the same time somehow connected, that stuff... God wants us to almost transcend that and be like, okay, look, I'm present, completely present. You say something, I hear what you're saying. And for me, in so many ways, that I've been deeply challenged on the fact that sometimes people are saying stuff, and, you, and, and again, I, I apologise for using this, but it's like a school analogy. There's so many times where kids at school will say something, and it just sounds random. It's like, okay, that's nice, thanks for telling me that. Um, but actually what they're doing is they're dropping a hint of something they want you to kind of bite. It's almost like bait. Like I'm just saying, oh, the other day, um, my dad brought home a big TV. And it's like, okay, good for you, fantastic, okay. But they want you to bite it. Now that bite could be just because they want to talk about their big TV, or it could be because they want to talk about something deeper than that. And, the, uh, and my point is that I am not the most amazing at picking those cues up. But but it's the same for everybody, isn't it? It's that, am I hearing? Am I seeing? Am I engaged with what's actually going on? Or am I just pretending I think I know what's happening? That makes sense. And I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to work in us in this season. Not just this Christmas season, although that was quite cool as well. But in this season, that we are fully engaged. They're going, okay, yeah, I want to hear you. 
that when someone tells us a story, I want to hear what you're actually saying in that story, not just that it's a nice story, but what is it? Is there anything more to it? There might not be, and that's fine, but I really wants to work that in us. But it's not just a gift for Christmas. It's not just that we kind of say, okay, I'm, I'm present for this Christmas period, but I'm present in your life, full stop. Whether you're distant or near, I'm present and I'm here. You, you need it, I'm here. Um, I want to kind of use a kind of strange analogy, and, and I've already shared this with Pete, so this is going to be a bit of an anticlimax for you, Pete. I apologise about that. Just go to Acts 16. And again, I, I'm not doing a very good job of making this Christmassy. So um, <laughs> just imagine there's tinsel and I'm wearing a Father Christmas hat and there's something like that and there's reindeer dancing in the background or something like that, I don't know. Or a manger. Imagine there's a manger. Okay, that'll make us for Christmassy. Anyway, Acts 16, verse 25. Instead of a manger, we're going to go to prison. Okay, so kind of... Yeah. Um, Verse 25, Acts 16, says this. But at midnight, Paul, Paul and Silas, so they've been put into prison. It's a very famous story, we know this. But at, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Okay, so Paul and Silas have been, been sharing the gospel, been doing the things that God's called them to do, and they have been put in prison for it. Okay. Um, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and put, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. One translation says, We are still here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved and your whole household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes or their wounds. And immediately he and all his family were baptised. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced having believed in God with his household, okay? It's a very Christmassy story. The prison had tinsel and a Christmas tree in the corner, okay? Um, but this is incredibly profound because it speaks of now. Because there's an earthquake. Um, I'm not necessarily right now going to say the earthquake was because Paul and Silas prayed or because it wasn't. That is almost beside the point. But there was a shaking. There was an earthquake. And in our society now, there, there is shaking, there is an instability, there is uncertainty, there, there is fear. There is stuff going on because of whether you look at um, the American election, you look at the kind of Brexit stuff, or you look at just um, immigration laws, or you look at like um, wars and Syrian refugees. There's all kinds of stuff that is shaking and making people from a whole range of different perspectives scared and uneasy. And it's a shaking, it's a kind of thing. And I'm not saying, one of my other... I'm not saying that's caused by God I'm saying that there is things happening that in in the world, in life we live today there is shaking, there is things that are difficult and challenging in the same way that in here there was an earthquake now the amazing thing for me is in in this thing that earthquake brought freedom to Paul and Silas but brought death to the prison guard or potential death to the prison guard that the same experience, the same earthquake, for Paul and Silas broke their chains and opened the doors, but caused the prison guard to say, I'm going to kill myself because they've escaped. 
And we live in a time now where I would humbly suggest to us that the shaking that goes on can potentially free the church to be who we've called to be. But that same shaking, that same uncertainty can cause other people to want to take their lives or to feel like their lives are under threat or to feel scared and vulnerable and not knowing what to do. I remember being told a story, and it may not be true, but I'm going to tell it like it's true. Um, Winston Churchill, before the war, was not particularly amazing in terms of leadership or or doing those kind of things. Post-war, wasn't particularly great either. During the war, apparently came into his own and was incredibly strong, incredibly able at leading that effort. Now, again, not promoting war. But I'm saying in that time, he was very, very, he came into his own. That in that season of immense difficulty and immense tragedy and immense kind of hatred and violence and all that kind of stuff, he, for some reason, found within himself that sense of this is almost freedom to be me. The freedom that wasn't necessarily there pre-war or post-war. That he almost was brought into who he really was in that moment of crisis, in that moment of difficulty. The, the Bible also talks talks about for such a time as this we're born or we're born for such a time as this and that that that's often kind of you use kind of a cliche it's a lovely thing you're born for such a time as this and that's absolutely true but i believe in this season that the church can find a freedom that we as christians can find a freedom to be who we've been called to be that it's almost like in in difficulty something happens that goes actually we have a a kind of realization of actually this is who we're meant to be Meant to be people that it's just a freedom that comes in the same way that Paul and Silas, there was a freedom that came to them. Now we have a, a choice. We can use our freedom to enjoy our freedom. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're free, we're fantastic, we, we have a sense of identity, a sense of purpose, a sense of, of being loved, and a sense of being being free. We can use our freedom for that, or we can use our freedom to escape the mess that sense of the that yeah it's an absolute terrible situation going on right now but but we're going to use our freedom to escape paul and silas could have escaped their chains broke off the doors opened and therefore the freedom that came for them from the shaking they could have used to escape we could use the freedom that we find in Christ, the freedom that we find in being part of a church family, the freedom we find in being part of a, a community that loves and cares for us as a way to escape that, that this for me could be a place where I come and go, actually, I come here and I'm safe, I'm loved, I'm cared for, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's not wrong. Because out there it's scary, but in here, yeah, people have got my back, they're for me. If I need anything, I just go, look, guys, and it's there, and it's met, and it's a beautiful community we have, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that almost means I use my freedom that I found here and in this community to escape. To escape from the pressures, to escape from the difficulty, to escape from the conversations that are hard. The things that I don't have an answer for that. I don't know what to say about what you're going through right now. I don't want to listen to what you're saying right now because if I listen to it, it messes up my kind of thought process. And I don't want that. So I'm going to just escape from the situation because I have somewhere to go to find freedom. But I believe, and I know as as a community, but I believe for me the challenge is again and again and again that what am I using that freedom for? In this shaking, for me personally, I've found a sense of actually, in a weird kind of way, there's so much 
divisive language there's so much separation even from people who are trying to be inclusive there's sometimes divisive language and it's like I don't really get this but I found for me a sense of actually what I feel God's worked in my heart for years is this sense of inclusion that I want people from here people from here to come and be here together and that's not just come now but I felt like God working at me for years it's like in this season now that almost comes alive it's like wow you were prepping that for, for a decade and I didn't even know about it. It's like it's now in a time where it makes sense. It makes sense the way that I think. I always used to think I thought like a weirdo. And it's like, but actually right now it kind of suddenly makes sense. And that's all right. It makes me feel a bit better. But it makes sense. And the challenge for me, and I believe the challenge for us, is that am I going to use my freedom to escape, to just enjoy it, to just, have, just, just celebrate it? And all those things are okay in terms of like finding safety and security. Or am I going to use my freedom like Paul and Silas did? when there's freedom comes, the people that are vulnerable people, people, people that are scared the people that want to take their lives the people that just want to just I don't know do what but go we're still here that as a Christian as the church that we stand up and go look look we're still here you're scared but, but we're still here and we're not going anywhere we'll remain with you don't necessarily have an answer but we're still here and we sometimes do have an answer and we're still here. And in that moment, I just love the fact that the, 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 the prison guard was about to take his life. And Paul and Silas's decree is not, thank you Jesus, you've set us free, which is true, potentially. Or, amazing, we're free, let's go. But is that we're still here. Don't do yourself any harm. Because we're still here. We're not going anywhere. And I love the fact that from that, that point, that salvation came to the prison guard. Salvation came to his house. They were baptised. But beyond all that, they almost just became a, a kind of included in the community. That they went to the fact they ate together. They, the, the prison guard, think about this. The prison guard, who probably caused some of the wounds, because he was a prison guard, was washing the wounds of the prisoners that were under his care. That's reconciliation. That, that, that's the politician who's caused the wounds on the poor person by inflicting and removing social care or removing benefits is then going, right, together I'll, I'll help you heal your wounds. They might not, might not be physical wounds. They might be emotional wounds. They might be spiritual wounds. They might be anything. But I'll, but I'll be there to heal your wounds. And is that reconciliation. That kind of sense of the, 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 the prison guard and I'll read it again because I want us to catch this is really important I'm probably not doing it justice if you go to verse just chapter 16 verse 32 then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds or stripes that because Paul and Silas because we as Christians because the church when we find a sense of freedom a sense of this is what we were born for in the chaos that goes on, but this is what we were born for. We were born to be in this kind of environment. And when we find that, and go, actually, we're not just going to escape from it, we're going to stay. And when we go, look, we're still here, that brings reconciliation. It brings a sense of, look, I, as your prison guard, who have inflicted wounds on you, will come and heal the wounds I've inflicted on you. That I, as the, the tax collector, who have, by far and away, taxed you too strongly, will come bring freedom to like Zacchaeus did 
The Zacchaeus didn't go, I've done bad, oh, never mind. Zacchaeus went and returned what he stolen because something touched his heart. That's reconciliation. And that's what we have the possibility to do in this time. That we have the possibility to, because we go, look, we're still here. We're still here with you, the homeless person, and we're still here with you, the politician. We're still here with you, the prostitute, and we're still here with you, um, the pimp. We're still here with you, um, the, I don't know, the terrorist, and we're still here with you, the one that's being terrorised. Because somewhere in that, there's got to be a gospel that expands across the whole thing and goes, look, we are still here. People don't like you, people do like you. But you know what? We're still here for you, and we're still here for you. And in that space, somewhere, and I have no idea what it looks like, but in that space somewhere, there's reconciliation, there's peace, because that's what we're born for. That's the freedom we come into, going, look, I love you, and I love you. And you may hate each other right now, but we're still here. And if we need to act as a bridge, we'll be a bridge. But we're still here. You just go to one more verse, and I'm going to be finished in a moment. Galatians 5. This is Christmassy. Because um, Christmas trees stay up all December, so they're still here, or something like that. I don't know. Um, Right, Galatians 5, verse 13. So Paul, actually, let's jump back a little bit. Go to Galatians 5, verse 1. So it says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has, set, has, has made you free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So, same context. We've been set free. Paul and Silas were set free. The stuff in this time that sets us free. And he said, look, don't, don't get tangled up again with stuff that makes you not free. Freedom's a, a beautiful thing, and it's a great thing. It's what, what we want. But he said, what do we use our freedom for? Verse 13 says this. For you, brethren, have been called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in the word, even in this, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. We have the ability, in the freedom that Christ has brought for us, to change culture, to be life givers. Because if I choose to use my freedom to love, and specifically in this verse, to love in the way that I speak of others, then the culture changes. The words I speak change the culture I live in. Because we know it, don't we, in a practical sense. Um, if me and Susie have an argument, I will put money on the fact within the next 24 hours, Levi and Zachary will have some kind of fallout to do with that. And that's not necessarily because they're just having a fallout, it's because we've had an argument and that, that sets an environment that then they pick up on. It may not be immediately, but it's probably later on. Or at work where, and I, I, I've done it, where it's, it makes you really popular, um, but you kind of someone's moaning about someone else in a non-helpful way it's actually I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that and it changes the culture it changes the environment it changes the atmosphere in that space or you know when you walk into a room and, and there's clearly been 
some kind of fallout in that room at some point because there's an atmosphere, there's a culture, there's an environment in that space. And we have the ability in our freedom by what we speak and what we say and how we communicate to other people we know but also about other people we don't know to change the culture, to change the environment, to be life givers and people who bring, bring the freedom that we've experienced to other people. The, the Bible talks about that, that you don't bite and devour against you. The 1 Peter 5 verse 13 says, that's to turn it, 1 Peter 5 verse 13 says that the devil roams around like a roaring lion to seeking whom he may devour. Notice the fact that he's like a roaring lion. I.e. not a biting lion, but a roaring lion. I.e. the noise, the vocalness, the speech. That, that his intention is to devour people through words. That we live in an age where words are being cheapened because we can put them in a 140-word tweet or we can put them in a, in a, I don't know what the limit is on Facebook, but the limit on Facebook kind of status or whatever it may be. Um, or we can just send a text message. And, and the words, we don't see the impact of the word. Because formally, if I said something to Ella, I would see if I said something nice, hopefully a smile on her face. If I said something horrible, probably not a smile on her face, okay? But I see the impact of my word. But in an age we live on, and it's fantastic, I'm not knocking social media, it's great. But in that age, it, there's distance, isn't there? That I don't see the impact of what I'm saying. Because it's distant, it's removed, it's separate. And therefore, we have an ability via social media, absolutely that. Via Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever we want to use, and probably other ones I don't even know exist anymore. Um, via all those methods, and in person, and in our workplaces, and in our homes, and in our, in our own, the way we speak to ourselves. We have the ability to change the culture by the way we speak of other people. Now that doesn't mean we don't have conflict. That doesn't mean we don't, we don't fall out over stuff. It's not just, I will always say something nice to you. I remember my mum saying, um, and I love my mum, just in case she listens to this, I love you mum, but this I don't agree with. Um, <laughs> she said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's absolute rubbish. Because what happens here is, I don't, I'm nice to say, I don't say anything at all, okay. I feel quite cross right now, but I won't say anything. That, that's not what I mean. Because that's not love. But there is a way in which I say that. That, that is edifying and, and enables reconciliation. It's not about going, everyone's fantastic, everyone's amazing, everyone's behaving brilliantly when they're not. Okay? But at the same time, it isn't going and using our words to completely devour that person. It's using our words to bring reconciliation and hope and peace into places and into environments. And how we do that could be both on a micro level, in terms of in my home and in my family, but it could be on a macro level in terms of the way that I engage with, with politics, and the way that I engage with the poor, and the way that I engage with the homeless, and the way that I engage with, with my staff at work, or the way that I engage with my head teacher, or, or whoever it may be, or someone on the street, someone that drives a car. Okay, in a, I am not good at that. Okay, someone cuts me up. It is not good. It's not. It's not good. Okay, but the point being, I can change the culture in those spaces and in those environments by the way that I speak, because we have a choice right now. In this season, I believe, if you haven't yet, you will find a sense of like I just feel like I kind of almost fit. It's not a nice time right now, but I feel like I kind of fit, and it's like a, who I am and the way I think, almost seems to match what we're dealing with right now. So I can either use that freedom to just enjoy it, fantastic, I feel good about myself, or I can use that freedom to go, okay, I'm going to help other people <coughs> find freedom, that I'm still here. In your hurting, in your pain, in your difficulty, in your hatred, in your, in your loss, in whatever else it may be, I'm still here. We are still here. And we will stay here 
and bring you hope and bring you peace and bring you reconciliation and bring you freedom and we'll partly start doing that both by the way we speak about people but also the way we act towards people and it's those things and I believe we're in a season like that where the Holy Spirit is working that in us and as I said last week that's sometimes uncomfortable because it sometimes just messes up with the way that we'd normally do things but it's working in us so look I am still here and I choose to use my freedom to love I love you in my words and I love you in my actions I love you in my attitude and I love you with my my behaviour in those things I choose to love you and use my freedom to love you and I may not dis- I may disagree with you I may not like what you've done I may feel sorry for you I may I don't know whatever it may be but I choose to use the freedom I've been given to love the freedom I've been given to just be there and as you said at the start to be an expression of Emmanuel to be an expression of the fact that through me God is in this space that he's here and he's listening he's hearing he's feeling he's even smelling goodness knows what he smells but he's, he's here and he's present because we are still here so Holy Spirit I just thank you for what you shared this morning and I thank you that it's challenged me as I'm speaking it, which is always good um, but I just ask that you continue to just mess up the way we think so that we would think like you think that our the freedom you're bringing us into would not be freedom that we just use for the sake of ourselves, but it'd be freedom we use to love. Freedom we use to invite other people into freedom. That as Paul and Silas said, when they experienced freedom themselves, that their freedom was, we're still here. We could go, but we're still here. Let that be the thing that we, we embody, the Holy Spirit. Let that be what we embody, that in the lives of our co-workers, in our neighbours, in our, in our friends, in our families, in our the kind of politicians and the leadership and the and the and the, and the homeless and the prostitutes, that whatever it may be, whatever spectrum of society may be from, that we just go, we're still here. Let that be the message. Let that be the thing that we are still here. So thank you, Holy Spirit, and just continue to work that in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a fantastic day, everybody, and enjoy the rest of the Sunday.